Jack was an asshole. You see, he spent his whole life riding the waves of self-absorption, like a tick feeding upon himself. But I gave the guy a chance, figuring, hey, I might actually be able to change his outlook on life. So, we became close friends. Not best friends, mind you, that was reserved for Jonah. But Jonah, well, he couldn't make it on this hiking trip. Something about his grandmother kicking the bucket. But hey, you know, she was old as a rotten cucumber and just as slimy as one, too. I'm not kidding. See, she had some sort of skin disease where her skin would slowly slough off. You know, she kind of reminded me of the Pillsbury Doughboy. If a blowtorch lit her on fire, as toasty as a marshmallow from the Floridian sun. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Jack and I decided to go on a hike. This is the actual story. It was a fall morning. The mist from the night's rains were still hanging low as we started our trek into the woods. The freshly fallen leaves lay like a carpet on the forest floor, wet and heavy. The stink of autumn was in the air. It wasn't the first time we would venture into these woods, but it would certainly be our last. See, we were heading to a place called Eagle's Crest. It was a high piece of jagged outcropping of rock that was a popular scenic overlook. The trail we took to get there was a little out of the way. It wasn't accessible from the state park's parking lot and I had to park in an empty cul-de-sac on a road that was supposed to have a housing development built upon it. The development never happened, and so the road was as useless as a limp dick. I assumed that the trail wouldn't be busy because of the lack of cars, which you know, wasn't unusual this time of year. The tourists were gone for the season. Thank God. So we grabbed our backpacks and started hiking to Eagle's Crest about 6 in the morning. The hike was enjoyable. The air was crisp as we ascended up the mountain towards our destination. And along the way, we stopped at a little spring-fed waterfall that was off the path a bit, but was fairly well known to the locals. You see, the local patchouli enthusiasts, they would stop in there during the summer to refill empty water bottles and then sell them to the tours that didn't know any better. You know, it kind of bewilders me now that I'm thinking about it. What moron goes hiking without water? See, that's the first thing you put into your backpack. Right next to your gun, of course. But it was at this hippie waterfall when everything turned to a great big pile of sloppy dog shit. Where everything that I've seen in horror movies came to life. There was a man... And spandex running leggings and a north face jacket laying next to the falls. The spandex leggings were torn to shreds, revealing a pimply Michelin man ass shining like a holy grail in a ray of sunlight. Hell, even Indiana Jones wouldn't take a drink out of this thing. Now, I obviously knew it right away. Something wasn't right. Jack, on the other hand, stared in awe at this dead man's ass. The first thing he said was, Hey, think he's got any money on him? And I replied quickly with, Not unless it's in his coat, but, I mean, what the fuck, dude? That's your first response? Now, oh, hey, 
There's a fucking dead guy in nature's water fountain. What should we do? Jesus, Jack. Let's go over there and see if he's really dead. My suspicions were confirmed when we approached. He was half in the water, blue as a smurf. Blood had dried out of a large gash from his head. There had been a scuffle as the leaves on the ground had been shuffled and scattered, revealing the blood-soaked dirt beneath him. I took his pulse, although I already knew he was dead. The amount of blood loss he had endured was immense. No pulse, not a surprise. So I reached into my back pocket, grabbed my cell phone, and I called 911. Now, hold up a second. This is the point where I'm supposed to tell you that I didn't have cell service, or, oh, I forgot my cell phone in my car, or, oh, no, I forgot it at home. Nah, this ain't some horror movie. This is real life. Their cell phone towers nearly everywhere. Hell, even the mountain we were hiking that day had a damn tower right at the top of it. I had the best reception ever. But back to the story. Now, the 911 operator knew the area well. However, the police wouldn't be there for another 20 minutes. And that's when it hit me. Literally, something hit me. A huge branch came crashing down on my right side, almost knocking me out and slapping Jack right across his stupid face. I trembled on weakened knees, my ears screaming with the familiar sound of tinnitus, and my head was spinning. I barely saw what brought the branch down on me, and this thing was the gnarliest thing I'd ever seen, even gnarlier than a house centipede. Jack falls down and I pass out for a brief minute. The next thing we knew... We were being dragged side by side from the hippie waterfall up a large wooded hillside. Whereabouts, I had no clue. See, I'd never been back behind the waterfall. I don't know what's back there. We tried screaming, kicking, and just generally trying to get the hell out of there. But this creature was a massive beast. And as we were being dragged along, I got a better look at this sucker. Six foot nine, squarish head, slender with bony elbows and dirty skinny knees with kneecaps the size of hubcaps. The size of this thing's hands easily fit over my calf. Now, picture this in your head. I'm about five foot eleven, 195 pounds, not in the best of shape. Creature is dragging the two of us with his dirty uncut nails and his hands the size of a small shed that would smack your grandma into next galaxy if she mouthed off to it. This thing must have taken us a mile or so into the woods. It was a brute. Now at a certain point I'm thinking, God, Jack crapped his pants because he was dead quiet. That was until I realized we were approaching a small crevice in the side of the mountain. Our captor then turned around and looked at us. This was the first time I saw its face. And let me tell you, what a face it was. No eyes. It had folds of skin where its eyes should have been. It had two fleshy dangling tubes where it should have been a nose. 
and a collarbone that jutted out like a serrated knife edge. Had a square head, like I said before, with a square chin. Teeth that were rotting out of its mouth, with an underbite that would even make Jay Leno envious. I mean, seriously, if this thing, creature, human, what have you, sat in the rain for any period of time, that underbite would turn into a pond and it would drown itself. Now it stuck us into the crevice in the mountain, kind of just smashed us in there. Then it pushed through behind us. There was no place to run, and it smelled like weeks of old feces. It was a good-sized room, about 10 foot wide and maybe 30 foot in length, at least from what I could tell with the fading light. The grunting and sniffing came shortly after that. A creature with a face I could not clearly see was staring at me from one of the dark corners of the cavern. I could tell it was looking at me by the way the light glared off of its eyes, sizing me up. It approached me and breathed its wretched breath right at my face. Now you keep in mind, Jack and I were out of our minds at this point, on the ground, knees scuffling along. Then the gangly creature with the huge hands smacked Jack right in the back of his head. Jack flew into the wall beside me. The creature hit me next. The pain came shortly after I woke up, and I saw that the creature left me and went further into the cave tunnel. The other creature, well, I had no idea where that thing ran off to. I felt my leg, noticing that the majority of my pain was emanating from my right ankle. It wasn't broken, but I did find out later that I had a hairline fracture. I didn't see Jack anywhere. The spot I was in was tight. It was increasing my anxieties. Claustrophobia is a real bitch. I can't even get into an elevator without freaking out. And here I was, jammed into some sort of crawl space in the side of a cave that looked to be sealed shut. The rustling of the creature intensified and I heard it making its way back to where I was. Now I always carry a knife with me. I think most hikers usually do, it just, you know, seems like a smart thing to do. Unfortunately, I couldn't find it in my jacket, so it must have fallen out after the creature had struck us the first time. I stayed still and I stayed quiet slowly slowing down my breathing and trying to figure out what the hell to do next. First, grab a weapon. If this thing comes back, I could smack the holy hell out of it until it goes running to mama. Second, get your bearings. I dropped my backpack along the way. No compass, but I would need to get out of the cave first anyway. Third, find out where the hell Jack was, and render assistance if necessary. All the check marks clicked in the boxes in my mind. Weapon. Well, there was a rock the size of a crooked-ass softball. Check. Get my bearings. My eyes were adjusting to the light, and down the tunnel there was a soft glow. I can make out the entrance of the cave through a crack in the wall from where I was laying. The entrance was on the other side of the rock wall. I looked around some more, slowly getting up and ignoring the pain in my ankle. 
It hurt like a thousand needles prodding me like a psychotic acupuncturist, having his fun on his last day of work from a shitty job. The room layout was simple enough. Four walls, a small tunnel where the glow was coming from. Each wall, except for the one with the tunnel, had a human-sized hole carved into it. Think of it like a, like a shelf in a wall. I was stuck there like a pig in a pen. And then it hit me. Not the monster again. The thought that I was a pig in a pen. A fat little piggy waiting to get slaughtered. That thing was keeping me in this room for food. Well, I ain't no bacon. No one's gonna feast on my hams. And so I inched my way to the tunnel, trying to be as quiet as a mouse and I peered down the tunnel to get a better look at what was emitting that soft glow. That's when I saw it. It was a Coleman LED lantern, just sitting there in another parlor within the cave system. And I was thinking, thank you, Lord, for the gift you have bestowed upon me. If I can only have slithered through that tight little tunnel and get to the lantern, then maybe, just maybe... I would have a chance of getting the hell out of there alive. And that's when I saw him. Jack. That son of a bitch. Sneaking along and slowly picking up the lantern. He shined that thing right where my face was poking through the tunnel. And he looked up to me. And you know what he whispered to me? Timmy. I gotta go, man. Hey, it's been fun, but I'm getting the hell out of here. What? Wait, you're not going to get me out? What the hell, Jack? No, man, hey, I'd like to say sorry, but if this thing knows you are in there, then he won't come looking for me. Oh, Jack, you're one stupid fucker, you know that? And just like that, I saw the glow of the lantern disappear down and to the left. That bastard left me there to die. Taylor ham, bacon and eggs, pork roast, pork chops, bourbon glazed pork loin. Hell, I was any number of dishes for this long-legged no-eyed freak and his glary-eyed sidekick, but I was pissed. Out of all the things I had done for Jack, well shit, this was utter betrayal. I slowly crawled back into my four-walled world. And then I realized something. The crack that I first looked into at the main chamber of the cave. What if that wasn't just a crack? I felt my way back up to the rock shelf, feeling my hands crush insects underneath me as I drug myself along the cave floor. I pulled myself back up onto the rock and tried to feel my way around the cave wall for the opening. It wasn't merely... A crevice in the wall of the cave, but separate stones that were making the wall. The creature probably put the stones there to wall me in after I was knocked out. When I saw him walking away the first time, it must have been through the opening in the stones. There was no way that thing was going to fit through the tiny tunnel where I saw Jack snake off with a lantern. And so I pushed. And slowly but surely the rocks came loose, and once one fell, 
well, they all started falling, like a grand avalanche of freedom. I took that softball-sized rock with me. I still needed something to defend myself with, and I slowly crept out of my prison. It was there that I could sense something moving right next to me. It was the other glary-eyed creature. I slowly stood up, ignoring the pain in my ankle, and I was about to throw a stone softball Hail Mary at it when I realized the size of it. It was small, like a little stupid demon creature or perhaps a cat. Sure enough, I did a little bit of that and this little shit comes trotting over to me stinking of feces and death. It rubs itself against my legs and I pick the little shit up. It starts purring like a motorboat. Now I'm thinking, great. This little guy is going to give my position away if that other monstrosity is still in the cave. But nothing happened. I was going to steal this cat. So, with a purring, stinking cat in one hand and my softball rock in the other, I make my way to the entrance of the cave. Outside the cave, I could hear a bunch of people hooting and hollering in the distance, and five cracks almost like branches falling off the trees, but I wasn't sure if it was just my imagination playing tricks on me or my head wounds just getting worse. And so I slowly slipped through the rock crevice and finally breathed some fresh air. It was nice and cool and crisp, energized me enough to get the hell into the woods and away from that stinking cave. So, cat in one hand softball rock in the other, I made my way to the shouting. It took me about 45 minutes of nearly tripping and smacking my head into low-laying branches to get to the rescue team. Now as I was approaching them, a deputy shot at me, right as I was about to yell for help. I heard the sheriff yell at him, Aw, oh, Jeebus, you stupid halfwit, you give me that damn gun. Boy, if your mother wasn't my cousin, I would take a rubber hose and I'd go to town on them cheeks and get your ass into the car. Give the boy a gun, thinks he's a damn cowboy. He finally acknowledged me, wondering what the hell I was doing holding a cat. Son, you okay? Well, we've been looking for your ass about half the damn night, and quite honestly, I'm starting to freeze my nuggets off. Yeah. Well, I'm fine, but you'd never believe what happened to me. Well, by the looks of that creature we killed earlier, he pointed to a mound of flesh and bones in the distance. I would say that I have a pretty good idea. After that, I got into the cop car and went down to the station with them. I gave them my story, all of it. They weren't the least bit surprised. They couldn't explain the creature or whether or not it was human. They doubted it, and they had seen some strange things in those woods before. They just keep it hush-hush so the media doesn't make a big stink of it and flood the town with more tourists, because we hate them. They burned it with gasoline, and then they covered it with dirt and stones. Now the sheriff and the rest of the boys were a bit pissed about how Jack the Jerk left me in the cave to die. So, we decided to do a bit of planning. 
One, the sheriff went by Jack's home and noticed that he did in fact make it home. Two, they noticed that Jack's parents were out of town and he didn't live with anyone else. And three, it was game on. There's a local legend around here named Jimmy Thompson Bradley Smith. Now, we call him Jimmy Dean for short. You see, he's got sausage legs. But he's one hell of a circus performer. You see, he's a stilt man. We convinced him to give Jack a little scare. And so one night, the police boys, Jimmy Dean and I, well, we scoped out Jack's house. He was alone parents out on a date which was confirmed by another deputy eating at the same diner as them and so we stuck jimmy in a flesh-colored skin suit he had his short stilts on and everything we even spray painted him up a little bit and well i think he got a little high off the fumes because he was stumbling like a newborn calf i mean half a bottle of johnny walker probably didn't help either but hell we were all sort of lit up so we sneak into Jack's house, notice that the bathroom light was on from the crack below the door. The sheriff, his two deputies, and I were hiding right behind the kitchen counter, and we're peering over the edge, looking at the bathroom door and giggling like a bunch of drunken idiots. When Jimmy Dean barges through the bathroom door, literally scaring the shit out of Jack. Now Jack jumped up off the toilet so fast and backed up along the wall behind it, leaving a trail of brown on his mama's fresh wallpaper. Jimmy Dean, well, he fell over, laughing his ass off, and the sheriff and his deputies and I were rolling on the ground in gut-wrenching, blissful pain. After our laughing fit subsided, I got off the floor, went over to Jack, and I punched that rat bastard right in the head. We all left after that. We went down to Sally's Diner. That's the only diner in town. We had a few whiskeys and well, more than a few bottles of beer. We told Jack's parents to have a wonderful evening as they left to go home.